Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on PSA.com and the PSA Facebook page. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by PSA and the National Sports Collectors Convention. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, visit sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now, your hosts, Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli. Rico! Hello there, Toms. Tom? How are you? What? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Not great, you know, but... uh, uh, nothing major. Let's put it that way. But all minor. The I tell you thing. what, man, this weather is really turned around, though, hasn't it? Well, 82 degrees. I don't know I, how much I could take of that, but uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to go out for a nice bike ride this afternoon. I'm going to do an eight mile bike ride. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. Not bad for an old guy. Well, it's it's a right. motorcycle. Anyway, welcome to the Great American Collectible Show. Tom Zappler with my partner in crime, Red Sox Hall of Famer. Americo Petricelli, better known as oh. Rico. Rico, you look great. You really do look good. We've got yeah, a great yeah, show yeah. today. We, uh, we've like... got Derek Grady from Heritage Auctions is going to be guest yeah. hosting with us. Big Al, one of our favorites, Al Christofoli from Love of the Game Auctions is going to be joining us to talk about his set builders auction. And then later on, a little later on, Mike Keyes from SCP Auctions is going to be joining us. But first, Rico. Go ahead. Headline. This is kind of an interesting one. Uh Sports card addiction costs federal agent his job. It's a cautionary tale for collectors who can't get enough cards and are racking up big bills to feed their habit. In addition to baseball cards recently led to a former Homeland Security agent losing his job, paying six figures in restitution in two years of federal court ordered probation. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Phoenix, Arizona, reports that former Homeland Security Special Agent Sean Nelson, 44 of Mesa, pleaded guilty to using his government-provided car to earn money to support his cardboard habit. Nelson was also ordered to pay nearly $134,000 in restitution to the Department of Homeland Security after pleading guilty last October and resigning his position. He was sentenced last week. Prosecutors say that between November 2019 and October 2021, Nelson was working for Uber, Lyft, and Amazon while he was supposed to be on duty for Homeland Security investigations. They say he used his government-owned vehicle while making deliveries to those companies, all to make money so that he could buy cards. For more information, and you can read the rest of this article, go to sportscollectivesdaily.com. Sports Collectors Daily, our good friend Rich Miller and the staff there. Rico, the guy was a Homeland Security <laughs> agent, and he was like a drug addict addicted wow. to baseball cards. Well, yeah, all right. So, uh, I mean, I don't have a problem with that, but the fact that he used company car when he wasn't supposed to, that's unbelievable the, to me. You know, that's going a little uh, too far. I mean, geez. All right. But, let's, uh, bring in our, let's bring in our guest, our guest host with us. Um, we loved we loved Derek. He's he's a little off the rails. I think we all agree. We're that. not just a little off the rails. Yeah. But we love him. Derek Grady from Heritage Auctions. How are you, Mr. Grady? You know, I'm doing OK. No, I got a question. Rico asked a question. Do you get paid to wear that Nike hat? I do. Yeah, you know, I that, do. I mean, you know, is- t- Tiger had some issues and, um, you oh, know, so- they brought me in since I'm, you know, <laughs> squeaky clean. You know, <laughs> oh, okay, so like- here we go. All right, so Derek's <laughs> with us, and we're going to bring in our first short segment guest, very, very special guy to all of us, Al Crisofoli from Love of the Game Auctions. Now, Al just went out and bought an absolutely gorgeous smoking jacket that he's he wearing right now. <laughs> Al Crisofoli, Al, how are you? He doesn't brother? smoke, does he? Gentlemen, you know I don't. I don't smoke. <laughs> Maybe a pipe uh, or something? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Al, how you been? That's a nice. Good. nice. Good. Right, Happy so, New Year. Al's, Al's up in Kingston, New York. Uh, Derek, where are you in Dallas or where are you? Jersey? No, I'm in New Jersey right now. And uh, Rico is in Sarasota. I'm in West Palm, North Palm Beach. So it's uh, all technology. Al, the magic of the internet. Love of the game set builders auction. Yes. Tell us about yes. it, man. Because I went online, man. You got some really cool stuff. 
So back in the day, we used to we used to do um, this set builder auction, and what it was was more of a collector focused auction with lower dollar items, mostly cards, um, and and we sort of got away from doing it because they were they were hard to do, and and uh, you know I'm not not out there soliciting you know send your you know your low dollar stuff here you know hmm. but uh, but it comes in, and uh, and usually we just sort of weave it into the. Uh, into the regular auction but in this case we decided to just you know bring out the brand name again and have another have another one it's the first one we've done since i think 2016 so well i'll tell you though tell us us about some of the items well there's great there's great stuff in it and i you know i think probably what's what's most interesting is there's a there's a big selection of t206 hall of famers that a lot of them have odd backs um, you know, uh, that's kind of great. It was a cool opportunity to break up a, uh, a really underrated set, which is the, uh, the 1947 to 66 exhibits set, um, which, you know, is not a thing that we could do in our regular catalog auction, but we did it in this auction. And there's a lot of, uh, it's a fully PSA graded set. There's a lot of one of ones. There's a lot of the highest graded example in the set. And so it was, it was a kind of a cool opportunity to do that. If you look at our ebook catalog, it's 30 pages of, of 1947 to 66 exhibits, which is absolutely not something that we could do in a printed catalog just because of the value of the cards. So that's a record. That's that. a world record out yeah, 30 yeah. pages to yeah, 30 pages of exhibits of, of the, oh, well, is, you know, is, is that exhibit? Is that the one? Uh, there's a Jackie Robinson in that, isn't there? There is a Jackie yeah. Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And a satchel page and a bunch of I would, I would and- agree with Al. And let me interject here. I, I do what he said of it being an underrated set. It truly is. It is chock yeah. full of superstars. Um, yeah. And yeah, you could get them in amusement parks and different vending machines. And but, you know, it's it really is a cheaper way to have gotten a Jackie Robinson, a Mickey Mantle. Uh, but yeah, you're starting to see the values take off. Yeah. No different a, than postcards did. It's, you know, it's interesting ago. because there's a lot of different uh, different levels of scarcity within the set because some of the cards were only made for one year. I mean, the, the set itself was between 1947 and 66, but some of those cards were only issued in 1947. Yeah. I know. That's, a, that's an interesting story. Actually, Al, you, is Rico gone? Do we lose Rico? I yeah. see him. He passed away. And we lost him. Right, Rico, how come <laughs> I don't see Rico? How come? Well, you got to get glasses. That's why. I mean, thank God for small favors. How can you do that? <laughs> I, I can't. I Believe me, I see the other two guys. But, Al, real quickly, you brought this to my attention. Uh, you had a Jackie. I think, it was, yeah, it was you. In one of your auctions, you had a Jackie Robinson exhibit card. Mm-hmm. And we talked about. the 1948 card? It was 47. And 47, you, yeah. 47. And I asked you if it could have been his rookie card. But you you had all the statistics which showed that it was a 47. Yeah. And the, the reason I asked you that question is because I bought one in a private sale signed in 1947 by oh, Jackie wow. Robinson. It's a very cool card. But I was really trying to find the angle to. to, to, to of course he was. Yeah, well, yeah. no, just to be able to say this was his rookie card. And Al, you proved you proved so, me wrong. Yeah. They, so they're the. Um... And I don't remember. Forgive it was like me. Like five eighths. Yeah, it's, I think it's five eighths of an inch. If it's the the made in USA at the bottom of the card, if it's exactly. five eighths of an inch, those were printed in 1947, and then they changed the printing. And so, if you have one of those Jackies that was that that's five eighths of an inch, that's actually a, a Jackie Robinson rookie card. I I had my my mm. tape measure out. I, what <laughs> it was a forty seven. I mean, what other kind of hobby has this level of ridiculousness? Yeah, <laughs> Al, you remember when exhibit when um, you know the Garrick exhibit rookies, and all those things were dirt you cheap. Couldn't give them away. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, yes. And yeah. then the narrative changed, and once that narrative changed, now all of a sudden the postcards, the Ty Cobb postcards, yep. the Garrick rook. I mean, you see what they go for now. That's and crazy. the same thing can happen when also, you know he's doing a 30 page spread on exhibits and do you have some descriptions with them too? explaining very not not in this one in the, we do describe the you know the ones that are more scarce and yeah that's what i mean you know that sort of thing yeah but it's going to educate people yeah. and then that that's what creates more collectors following stuff because a lot sure. of people just don't know 
It's so cool to is- do, yeah. It's, and you guys do your Sunday auctions too. It's cool. It's cool to do auctions like this because I think it draws people into the hobby. You know, it's less it focused on, you know, record-breaking prices and more focused on, hey, this is a hobby. We are we're and, all collecting, and here's some cool sets that you might not. And know. now, and you know this Ooh. too, like even some of the high-end, super high-end clients we deal with in this business that are multimillionaires, they have to Al's auction, you know, they're the collect set collectors and we have our Sunday night sales. Every person to a man almost has stuff like that. I have stuff like that in my collection. It doesn't belong in a catalog. We all have $50, $100 items. I don't care. You you know, if you're a billionaire, you still have, for the most part, I've seen stuff that belongs in a collector's auction or a Sunday auction. And, And you have to, so when people have asked us, I mean, look, we've gotten a lot of press with doing a billion and a half dollars in Sotheby's and Christie's, why do we stay collector friendly? And, and that's why I think we, you have to, you know, most people are like us. Okay. Most people aren't bidding with Sotheby's. I don't know if Al bids with Sotheby's or Christie's. Well, he I does. Cert- He's got plenty of money. Oh, Al May. Al May. That's where he got his coat. When I'm slumming. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, uh... I, I prefer the, the regular, and Al provides a great service. I've won with him. I've bid with him, and he runs a you know a first class. You really option. do, Al. You do a good job, Rico. Thank you. Well, I want to ask him. Uh, in looking at your website, uh, uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I am now. He did no I research. Now, I am uh, now going to fall off. My uh, wait a minute. Look at this notes. He's you got see notes. this? <laughs> Look at that. These are notes. Wow. Oh, no, Otani. I was curious. Otani 2018, right? Is that uh-huh. his rookie year? I think so, yeah. It was up yeah. to like uh 300 or 500 bucks the the starting uh auction price and uh, the bid was 800 bucks. I said, "Holy, what happened?" You just focus right in on the newest thing in the auction, right? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> no, Al, Al, you have to Well, I will say this, I, I'm a I'm a more modern guy. He is. Al, believe it or not, really? so wow. because, yeah. because that too, I think, helps the industry. It does. The, the young, who's going to want the the newest yeah. cars? I mean, he's really the pushing. younger people. The younger, I mean, you know, the twenty year olds, uh, the teenagers who will continue to do it. That's that's it's what true. I'm uh, focused on. He, he has uh, been an advocate of that, Al. He really has. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. I think you know what, what bums me out about that is that you you know it's a kid's hobby for sure, but you you can't <laughs> buy a pack of cards as a kid the way we did. No. Where we could go into the convenience store and buy you know a pack of cards for thirty five cents. Now you have to go to a hobby shop or a or a you know a Target and buy a box for yeah and, you know something though rico i mean we've talked we've I, we've talked about this ad nauseum derek al myself vintage people and i think we we've we've all said it publicly i personally have a problem with manufactured rarities i mean yeah. it, it's just it's just i have a problem with that anybody yeah. can manufacture one of one you know what i mean it's it's like i just i can't wrap my arms around that al what about yeah. you I I prefer to be able to say that something is scarce because it's one of a few copies that survived than, than, uh, um, you know, I I think what appeals to me as a collector is um, collecting things that weren't necessarily meant to be collected. Either they weren't meant to be collected or they weren't meant to be collected because of their value. And I, and I think I see a lot of that in modern stuff. Now, you know, people collect all kinds of different things and they collect for their own personal reasons. And it sort of is what it is. There's no wrong reason to collect for sure. Um, you know, this is a great hobby because there's so many different ways to approach it and so many different ways to do it. And so, you know, I, I am with Rico in that, you know, the, the kids and, and young people collect what they know. And, and as they're learning about sports, you know, they're, they're, gravitating to Otani and Mike Trout and, and, you know, people oh, like that. And it, and is, so it I, is what you know, it is. I get it. Yeah, I get hey, it. Yeah. Uh, your website address is love of the game auctions.com. Okay. The <laughs> love of the game set builders auction. Go, go to it. Yep. There's some great, great, great cards in that auction. Al, then you got a couple of big ones coming up down the road. Yeah, we're we're in the process of building consignments for our uh, uh, spring catalog auction, which is going to be fantastic. We've got a, uh, 
this stuff is just starting to come back from PSA now, but a, a uh, fantastic, nearly complete autographed 52 top set uh, with a absolutely beautiful mantle and a beautiful Jackie. Uh, the mantle wow. is a, uh, a vintage, cool. vintage signature graded PSA 10. And uh, and the um, the card is a three. It's a beautiful card and and probably the nicest one. All right, so. sir. We will see you down the road. Hey, hey, excellent. All right, Al, take Folks, care. The pleasure. Al, Al. Until next time. Of, of the game auctions. Good see guy. you soon, Derek. Good, good see you, man. Go Red Bye-bye. Sox. Uh, I, you know something. I kind of have lost time here, so I'm not sure what we have left for time. But uh, Derek, you're going to be with us right to the end of the show. If that's yeah. What all right. Yeah. Hey, sure. uh, Derek, a couple of things. I don't know if we have time, David. You're going to have to let me know. But anyway, um, let's talk about the winter sports auction first. You guys had it was really, really successful, wasn't it? Yeah. The January auction. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to do probably eight million something and it did over 10. So anytime you're exceeding our estimates and we try and we don't do one of those things, you know, where. We underestimate things and say every auction does twice the estimate. We try and put the last sale or some comp to really, you know, put some effort into the estimates. And we really, you know, we surpassed our estimates by, you know, 20%. And there were some really crazy strong prices in there. Um, you know, uh, when you talk about set building, you talk about um, not just lower value stuff. You talk about PSA graded commons in nines and tens. And there were just really strong numbers on cards for the PSA registry. As we know, the registry is very, very good for the hobby. And so many people build sets and we had a lot of cards, you know, but it was, it was just strong across the board on open wax, you know, single cards, modern cards, autograph cards did really well with what Al just said, you know, a a 52 Mantle sign and and a 52 Jackie Robinson sign. We set records on those. You know, we did very well. And now we just launched our February Platinum Night auction. Literally mm-hmm. the day after the January auction ended, we just launched a, you know, a $20 million sale, at least. What are the high? Yeah. Go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. Well, the no, highlights. I was just, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the so highlights. As far as, so in that auction where we have memorabilia, you know, we have a Sporting News Ruth rookie that's really high grade, a 52 Mantle 8, 52 Maze 8, you know, the 51 Bowman Mantle 8, 51 Bowman Maze 8, then a killer 53 registry set. Um, that's one of the highest in the PSA registry. Then when you get into bats, we have a Lou Gehrig bat grade. Wait a, a minute. 10. The 53 set, you have the whole set. Yes. Wow. Sold as a set. Wow. When it's sold as a set. That's going to go north a half a million dollars easy. You know, we have a 48 uh, Joe DiMaggio game worn Jersey. We also have a seals uh, Jersey from Joe DiMaggio. Um, from the, I think that's the PCL League, Pacific Coast yeah, League. Pacific Coast yeah. League, yeah. We have a Brady game worn jersey that's photo matched. Lou Gehrig mm-hmm. bat. You know, we just have. There's a ton of bats, oh, man. Jerseys. Yeah, I'm, believe me. If you think a, it doesn't come easy, we work very hard. We have a great team. You know, from the West Coast to the East Coast, and in Dallas, Chicago, and uh, we bring. You know, it, it's interesting to see. Literally, you watch a ten million dollar catalog end. And a twenty million dollar one goes online. Derek, I, I, let's let's touch on that for a second because it's just I can't comprehend how you guys can go from a ten million dollar auction to a twenty. Do you guys accumulate cards and memorabilia right before the auction, or do you guys have a warehouse full with this stuff that you just Bing 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 Bing? Well, you know, we always have collections coming in. That's never going to stop. And once a consignment deadline is over for Platinum Night, now we focus on the March showcase auction, the April showcase auction, and the May catalog. So the higher-end items I'm putting in the May catalog right now, and 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 we're still putting good stuff, 50000 we're still putting good stuff in the in the showcase auctions. But we always have a deadline. It, it doesn't end. The calls don't stop. The consignment statement, you know, it's a tribute to our clients, you know, our consigners, our bidders. You know, a lot of people that have won stuff that move in and out of stuff that say, hey, you know, I, I'm i done with this set. Maybe I want to buy a Lou Gehrig bat. So now I'm going to, you know, purchase this. I'm going to consign against it. We do that all the time, you know, Very where people cool. consign to pay for their purchases or a part of their purchases. Yeah. 
I got two questions for you. Since you've two. been in the business for what, 50, 55 years? It seems like uh, it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the yeah. one question is uh, how hot are tickets? Because it's a funny thing. I just, uh, somebody showed me a ticket for uh, way back when. And <clears throat> have you had or has there been live auctions? Live auctions. Yeah. So and, with tickets, we hit the ticket market. Our one auction set so many world records in tickets. And after that, I swear it was a wave, a, a tidal wave at PSA to get tickets graded. Okay. Everybody was getting their Michael Jordan debut tickets graded, all their debut tickets. And the backup at PSA, I think, with the tickets, they couldn't keep up with the volume. But as they came back, they all started coming back and, and the prices started to level off. But we we caught it just perfectly with a Jackie Robinson debut ticket that sold for hundreds of thousands, a record on a Jordan debut ticket. I mean, all kinds of home run tickets and significant tickets. So the ticket market has come back to earth a little bit, but still very collectible. Okay, There's- but so Derek, just to follow up on what Rico just asked you about tickets, um, it is there value in for a common collector? Okay, using Rico as an example, and all, all, all kidding aside, a Red Sox fan. Uh, uh, having a ticket, a full stub to when Rico hit his 40th home run to break the record, something like that. Is there value to a card like that as opposed to, uh, you know, a, a July 25th Red Sox Baltimore Orioles game? Oh, yeah. So any significant moment. So who would bid on that? You know, I would, since I've become friends with Rico, I would bid on something like that. You know, it's cool. It's described on the label what it is. And it says Rico's debut, Rico's 40th homer or something like that. But I mean, other than a Boston Red Sox collector, you're really looking for, you know, a home run number 714 for Ruth or 660 for Mays. But um, debut tickets are really good. You know, like I was excited to get a Deion Sanders because I'm a big football guy and he was, you know, one of the greatest defensive players as a cornerback. And there was a debut ticket that I hadn't seen before. And it's kind of cool. I mean, they don't always have to be in great condition. It's just, you know, it's the moment that it happened. But the Jackie debut tickets are like, you know, those are just crazy over the moon priced. And, but I I think, so they're, they're very good overall, um, but the market, but at the same time, the more common things when you set that record, People start submitting them like crazy. They go through their sock drawers and they find them. You know, they're grading concert tickets and everything. And everybody right. saved their I saved yeah. all my stubs. I don't know where they're at right now, but I saved stubs. Probably had nothing significant. Gotcha. You know? All right, listen, we're gonna take a break. Uh we Derek is in the house. Derek Grady from uh Heritage Auction is gonna be with us throughout the whole show. Hang in there, and we will be right back. Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardco.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. For more than 30 years, Robert Edward Auctions has been the industry leader when it comes to helping you realize the most money for your baseball cards and sports memorabilia. In addition to their unparalleled reputation for honesty and integrity, they reach the largest number of bidders in the business and offer lower seller's fees, as well as generous cash advances up front on your valuable material. Contact them today at 908-226-9900. That's 908-226-9900 or at robertedwardauction.com. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. 
If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com. from New York, we still love him! On Deck with Rico Patricelli. Okay, it is time for our segment On Deck with Rico, brought to us by our good friend Brian Dwyer and the great staff at REA Auctions. Don't forget to get your bid in by going to robertedwardauctions.com. That's Robert Edward Auctions for extraordinary results and extraordinary service. Rico, a good question this year, this week. This uh, was submitted by a gentleman whose name is Jack Roy. And Jack, you will get a Great American Collectibles T-shirt if you email me or message us your address. Rico, what time What time would you get to the park for a day game as well as a night game? And did they feed you guys? Uh Let's see which one uh, day game uh, Sundays with two o'clock. This when I first broke in uh, day game would be one o'clock. So I would get to the ballpark at uh, 1245. <laughs> no, come on. And, uh, yeah, I'm serious. Put my uniform on and, uh, and, and walk on the field. That's no, what time. How long would <clears> no, um, two and a half, three hours before the game. Wow. Uh, so, you know, we get there at uh, 10 o'clock or so for a, a one o'clock game. And a night game, probably around 3.30. Yeah, 3.30 for a 7 o'clock game. Uh, Actually, we even had 8 o'clock games in those days. But uh, then we went to a 7. So, uh, yeah, three hours or so. Uh, Did they feed us? What do you mean? After, before the game? No, like before the game. Would you guys have a spread before the game? No, no. Not one. No. We had, uh, in my later years, we had spreads after the game. All the clubhouse guys started to bring in foods. And and the reason was because in the night game, uh, a lot of times the city didn't, you know, there was no restaurants in the city, say Detroit, uh, Cleveland, wherever. And they were all closed. And um, so they would, they would give us, uh, put a big, you know, spread on. All kinds of different so things. So for a night game, which so that you would have a big meal at home before you left for the ballpark? Yes. Yeah, I usually had something uh yeah, before the before the game and uh yeah, a little something after the game. But then you know, I'll tell you what it was tough. 
Now, Yaz, Karyostremsky, he was a, uh, <clears throat> he was working for a meat company. He was endorsing a meat company. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So every day, Derek, every night, kill bossy. Kill bossy. <laughs> kill, yeah, I like kill bossy. Who was it? Hillshire? It was Hillshire Farms. Yeah, probably was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you look in there, kill bossy again. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, we used to tell, yeah, yeah. Did they make any other kind of meats? He'd laugh, eat it. Uh, <laughs> so very anyway, good. very very. That's cool. it. All right, so uh, Jack Roy, uh, message us or email us, and we will get you out a t-shirt. Uh, all right, uh, I want to talk about autograph cards, uh, Derek. Um, autograph cards have exploded over the last year and a half or so, maybe two years, year and a half. Um, why all of a sudden the change, especially you were the chief grader at one point uh, for mm-hmm. uh, SGC. Mm-hmm. Point being, uh, those cards were really not uh, uh, recommended when you were grading way back, right? What happened? You know, people really got into, I did too, because what it gives you, and I collect signed rookie cards. And then I have a run of every Aaron, every Maze, every Willie Stargell sign card. And the reason I did it was it gave me a chance to have an autograph of the player on the rookie card or on other significant cards. And it's encapsulated. Once PSA started encapsulating, it's like anything in the grading business. Once tickets started to become encapsulated, the ticket market shot up. Once, you know, signed cards started being encapsulated and there's registries for them people start going crazy people love things encapsulated authenticated with that label that says what it is and it just took off and i wish i would have gotten in earlier i got in probably at the same time everybody got in maybe a little before but i you know i never had a chance to buy the 52 mantle for seven eight grand under 10 grand right and now they're you know 100 grand minimum a jackie Mm -hmm. forget about it a 49 Bowman Satchel Page. Oh, I missed out on those. I missed out on a lot of those, but they've become very collectible. And again, the reason I started was I'm not so worried about the condition of the card. I like a nice autograph on the card because you're not really staring at the card. And that way, like I said, I get the memorabilia. It's kind of you get the autograph and you get the card. You get both. Rico, did you can sign I, many say, cards? Did you sign uh, many, Rico? Yeah, I signed a bunch of cards, you but did? I wanted to ask you. And the older cars, not not the vintage, but, you know, 50s and stuff, were there because some of my cards are, are they're printed on. The autograph is printed on, mm-hmm. and people want, let's say, with a Sharpie to to have your autograph at, at that particular time. You come across any of that? So, in other words, there, a double signature. Well, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we put it over the it. other one. I, I've yeah. definitely seen it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And the cards that already come with the printed autograph too, the people are signing those was, I don't even notice the ones that already came signed, to be honest, because I'm so used to them, yeah. that that's the way they came printed with the autograph on it. You yeah. know, you're yeah. still getting now athletes have caught on to this mm. and now they charge more to have the rookie card signed. They want to really, yeah, that's a sad part. It's like, but they're, you know, if you're paying somebody a hundred bucks for their autograph, you know, why should they care what you sign? But they now charge more to sign a rookie card. So the rookie cards cost more and then you pay them more because well, the promoters are the ones that probably did it. The autograph promoters, the agents, you know, they're finding a way to make every extra buck. So, but yeah, sign cards is a, that's not going anywhere. People absolutely love it. Hey, did I see uh, you with uh, James Harrison? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about that. So he's uh, got a featured collection in our upcoming uh, Platinum Night Auction. So he has one of the most significant plays in NFL history and Super Bowl history where he returned an interception, basically 100 yards, changed the outcome of the game, really. Happened right before half. He literally made it with no time on the clock into the end zone. We have the football and the jersey from that play, um, along with other Super Bowl helmets and other jerseys. I mean, he was in four Super Bowls. People don't realize that because he, he was in New England, a Super Bowl with New England. Right. He played for the Pats. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, I, had to, I was there 
and I was rooting for the Pats. And of course, <laughs> the Eagles had to win. So yeah. I'm a yeah. Cowboy fan, so I I can't root for the Eagles in anything. But um, but you know that was uh he's he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Probably should have already. He won a Defensive Player of the Year, bunch of Pro Bowls, couple Super Bowls. The main thing that he's known for is his hitting. I mean, he played fierce. Yeah. At all, you know, and just pummeled people. They they changed some of the roles. You know, he got fined a lot, but it's for playing the game. You know? Interesting. Yeah. We yeah, had chatting well, with uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, Rick. What about my question about uh, live auctions? Yeah. You, uh, so you go. When I first so heritage, every other category we have, you know, if there's 40 categories and I, I lose count, they start them all the time. So I could be wrong here, but they, there's around 40 categories. There's literally 39 of them do live auctions. Sports collectors love extended bid format. So when I first got to Heritage, we were doing on the card side, we were doing extended bid because that's what the hobby's used to. Okay. With the with the overtime role with the 30 minute clock. And then with memorabilia, we were doing it live. Well, we found out, I think using logic, and I'm still not sure why um Sotheby's Christie's or the other venues at Heritage don't do it is logically speaking, when you have auctions at 10, 11 in the morning on a weekday or noon, your wealthy clients are working. Okay. So how are they bidding? They're, they're stepping out of surgery. They're stepping out of the, wherever they're at, um, giving legal briefs or they're yeah. you know driving somewhere and they're, and they're calling in a phone bid. You know, we may, I think live auctions makes it harder to bid. When you bid online and it ends in the evening, most people are home. Most pe- And then you move money around. The, the one thing you get me with in an auction, and I found this, is when I go to an auction and I focus on one item and I get surpassed, I hold my money the whole way through the auction to get this one item. And then I lose that one item. I can't spread my money around. These lots are already closed. Right. So again, when I, when I go to an auction, when I go to the Hunt Super Bowl auction, and I and I bid in their sale, I save my money towards some of these other lots. If it was extended bid, I would be able to spread my money around when I get out bid on point. something, bid on something else. I think the sports people have it right, and I think it gets more. We found that it gets more bids, it gets more people on the website. It, I think, it gets more of everything. I think. When in Rome, you do what the Romans do, and I'm not asking, you know, coins or comics to change their venue or the or antiques or Sotheby's or Christie's. Do what works for you, but I really believe extended bid, logically speaking, is the best way mm. to run an auction. It doesn't. Right. I, I think you're making a good point. I mean, obviously, you can't do it. Uh, Barrett Jackson automobiles, they can't do that. But uh, you're making not a very for good in point. person. Keep in mind, they also get a crowd. What you find, so when you have a live auction where there's a crowd, that's one thing. Right. A lot of the live auctions now, there's literally nobody, nobody. in the audience. The auctioneer is just talking to a camera. And they're there's calling phone, in bids. Yes. And there's yeah. phone bidders. But there's no reason. If everybody, so many people bid on the internet, and I'm telling you, 85-year-olds. I'm telling, and, and by the way, we take phone bids too. We're there in the office. People can call us with any issues whatsoever. I think, you know. Live sales need to evolve a little bit more. That's the way you used to go to auctions in the 1800s. You'd go in horse. Well, you know something, though? There was something to be said, Rico. Uh, You know, you're making a point because there was a couple of local auctions in the greater. But you remember Halls, Rico? Yes. You know, it was fun to get in the car and drive over to Halls up in Stoneham on a Saturday Mm -hmm. morning. And they do uh, an auction. You know, I mean, there were no Wagner cards, but it was just fun to go to and just hang out there and bid on stuff. You know? Yeah. I brought him a uh, to get it appraised uh, uh, a Babe Ruth a Babe Ruth there was another signature on it, but uh, and uh, he came back he says well it's worth, it's worth about thirty six hundred bucks and who owned it it was a a, a school a uh, private school owned it and uh, they wanted to know how much it was worth. Oh, okay. I, sh- I should have bid. I should have gave him like 20 bucks. What a dope. I didn't even think of it. Unbelievable. <laughs> All right, listen, we got about a minute left and then we got another break. Uh, real quickly, Derek, uh, what does 2023 look like for you? You know, our, our regular auction schedule with 
you know, card catalogs, memorabilia and card catalogs and two platinum net auctions, you know, with our weekly Sunday auctions and our monthly showcase auctions where there's not a catalog. That being said, nothing shocks me at this company that will be, you know, there could be a special one-off auction, one-off catalog where somebody comes up with a significant collection. Um, you know, it's really, it, it's anything we can, you know, that makes sense will do. You know, so if somebody has a great set registry collection or a great jersey collection and they want their own one-off auction, if the auction's a million dollars or more, we're going to do it, you know? If, if Petroselli, you know, meets his maker and we have him mummified, is there any money in that? <laughs> mummified? As long as they don't cut off his head. This Red Sox have something with cutting players' heads. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. I'm, Good point. I'm in line. I'm in line for that. <laughs> so, said this, they're throwing my head away. I won't let them freeze your head. But picture, picture I got a question. Rico, hold on. Picture Rico's body with Ted's head. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Ted's no longer a Hall of Famer. Ted is no longer the greatest. Hit. Yeah. Oh, Rico, we're we gonna take a break. We're just joking, folks. So, I know so Ted Williams don't, fans, don't, you know don't that. take it serious. Right. <laughs> I right, listen. We're gonna take a quick break. We come back. Derek's gonna be with us to the end, and we have, I think, Mike Keys from SCP is gonna be joining us for a few minutes. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you are a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on the tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection, to the famed Boston Garden auction, to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades. It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of Heritage Auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure 
to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. They are prized possessions, and you need a place to store them that is safe and secure. The eBay Vault is exactly that, an insured climate-controlled facility with state-of-the-art security that guards your valuable collection around the clock. Your vault account is protected by two-step verification and easily accessible through eBay Collection. And everything stored in the eBay Vault is backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Buying and selling is a seamless experience. When you buy an eligible card on eBay, it can be sent directly to the eBay Vault at checkout. Or, if it's already in the eBay Vault, you can just keep it there. And selling from the eBay Vault is just as easy. Every card in the Vault has been expertly inspected, detailed, and photographed, so you can quickly sell it with a pre-populated listing. And if your buyer chooses to withdraw their card from the eBay Vault, we handle packing, shipping, and insurance. And same goes for you. If you want that rare rookie card in your hands, you can have it shipped to you at any time. Collect like a pro with the eBay Vault. The eBay Vault is climate-controlled, insured, and protected with 24-hour security. Soon, you'll be able to send cards already in your collection directly to the eBay Vault. They will take high-quality photos of the front and back of the card you belong and in document vault. all the details for your viewing pleasure and to make the listing-to-sell processing. <laughs> for more info, go to eBay, <laughs> connecting buyers and sellers globally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. never, you will never read through uh, that entire thing that because straight. you because you did you will never um, read through that thing straight uh, right, listen, we, Derek, Derek you should I, read it I want to read well, no, I wanna, I'm, willing to. I'm going to run this by both of you guys Hall of Fame Jim Rowland what the hell is Scott going Rowland? on Scott Rowland what the hell is going on you know I really I watched Scott Rowland. Um, tell me. Very good player. He, yes, he was. He was a good player. <sighs> tell me Dave Parker, when he came to bat, wasn't a more feared player. Oh, easy. Okay. Whoa. Thurman Munson is not in the Hall of Fame. He was dominant for a decade. Rookie of the year, MVP, a couple championships, captain of the Yankees, gold gloves, a catcher. He's not in. There's there's plenty of players that aren't in, and I'm not even talking the the steroid guys that should be in anyway, and maybe have an asterisk by their name. People will think what they think, but Scott Rowland wasn't even on my radar. I agree, man. To be considered, and I'm just I was like, are you serious? Oh, Steve Garvey's not in. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That that, that's a you can't believe his stats. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know, yeah. another guy, another guy who should be in the conversation is I, you guys. You may disagree with me, but I mean, his numbers are better than Scott Rowland's. Different position, Don Mattingly, another guy. Of course, mm-hmm. and yeah. Somebody <laughs> said to me, somebody, and I don't know his numbers off the top of my head, so forgive me. But you're two Red Sox guys. Somebody said to me, "Was Dewey Dwight Evans? Dwight Dwight Evans? Yeah, I, was he? Rico, was I, he I, not, I, not, but was he? Uh, was he kind of like a Scott Rowland? Yes, a good player. Uh, better hitter, much better hitter. Now, Scott Rowland was known for his defense, yeah, and he wasn't that great a hitter. But I, you know, people will argue that he was a really good third baseman, but he's not a Brooks Robinson or Mike Schmidt third baseman either. No, no, I mean, so it's I don't, just uh, right. I was shocked. I was yeah. literally like, 
Dwight Evans was a great right fielder. People, I mean, I was every day. You had to see him every day. Well, he, he's a he, quiet. He was a quiet guy. Did 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 Louis Tiant have more Louis of an impact T- on the game? Absolutely. Well, you know. Okay, there you, you go. You look so at you, yeah, Tiant believes. Well, you look at Louis's numbers. You look at a guy like Ted Lyons. I've I've looked at that before. I mean, Ted Lyons is a is in the Hall of Fame. If Ted Lyons is in the Hall of Fame, Louis Tiant certainly should be in the Hall. Should of Fame. be, yeah. Well, there, yeah. yeah, and I and I can't argue with the people in the '30s and the '40s that kind of got in, that you know, the Rick Farrells and some of these guys that are in the Gowdy sets and the Playball sets that people are like, oh yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. You know, I don't know. I just know the people I watched. I know Dave Parker was a feared hitter. Okay? Dave Parker was a great player. Yeah, I'm telling you, and, he yeah, was and a player, and he won an MVP. Dominant. And he won yep. a couple World Series. And to to not, you know, where, where's all his votes? Mattingly, yeah, he got hurt, but he was dominant for a decade anyway. Um, so, thought, so where's the problem? Is the problem with the writers? I don't know. I have no idea what the sports writers are watching. I think you can have the guys in the bar tell you who should be in and who shouldn't. I mean, I it's do. really getting watered down. It really is getting watered down. And there's too many people on the outside looking in. How's yeah. Kurt Schilling not in? Well, they have uh, different committees, different eras. Now they have committee for a different I'm era. I'm fine with that when they put you know. in Tony Oliva and they yeah. put in guys like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Richie Allen should probably be in. There's other guys that need to get in, and those committees allow them to get in. But I just, I was. Uh, yeah, you're, 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 you're preaching to the choir here, I think. I had no I'm, idea that he was even, would even get anywhere near the same boat. We are chatting with Derek Grady from Heritage Auctions. Rico. Yeah. So what about what our good friend, James Fiorentino? He's got a gig coming up at the Philly show. Yeah, big. This uh, one of the great artists, uh, sports artists. Um, well, folks, mark your calendars for the, this Philly show, which is uh, March 10th through the 12th, with James Fiorentino's newest project, Fiorentino Elite will debut as part of a three-day exhibit featuring sports art from over the years, including pieces from the There Is Only One collection, the Ferentino (laughs) Elite Collection, recognizes the greatest athletes in the world through a series of 22 by 30 original watercolor paintings. Each painting is signed by both James and the athlete. Committed to never producing the same image of an athlete more than once in the Elite Collection, each painting will be marked one of one. Please visit James at and go to for more information. <laughs> the fr- you didn't put it down here. Yes, <laughs> I did. Huh? No, it did. You want to? Oh, see no, it? just go to jamesferentino.com. Oh, right. Go. Yeah, that's, that's right. Joe Fer, the Ferentino Elite Collection, uh, a one of a kind masterpieces that capture the spirit of some of the greatest athletes and champions of all time. He does beautiful stuff. He really, really does. He's and Rico, he's, if you recall, excellent. did you see uh, the, what he presented? You were there, Derek, when he did yeah. the. No, listen, he's a friend of mine and I'm a client. I own some of There's Only One paintings. Do you really? Well, I, I you know, when I walk in, so Joe Drellick and I are close. I know that. And he said, I want you to come look at this and get your opinion of of what I have over here at the show. And that was a gallery with James's paintings. There's only one. And I don't own a painting. I haven't really ever bought a sports painting. And I walked in and I saw these rookie cards. Mantle rookie card, Griffey rookie card. I Mike remember Trout seeing those, card. yeah. And I was blown away by the talent. And James was busy that, I mean, he was, you know, it was like a reception and, and he was very busy. So I didn't even bother getting introduced to him or talk to him. And I literally met with Joe maybe a week later. And I said, I want four. I want wow. four of them. Okay. Wow, and so great. I own, you know, I've bought more since even because I, there I'm li- literally, I'm a card grader. I, I process cards yep. and I'm seeing these rookie cards come to life and these only painting one. And they're incredible. The T206s, they're incredible. The Gowdies, every, well, by the way, everything he does. Rico yeah. and I, uh, he was at the, yeah. it was a couple of years ago. He had, probably where you, where you picked him up, Derek, was at the Philly show. He had a beautiful exhibition at the Philly yeah, show. That's what I'm talking about. That's where I first saw them. Those are Fabulous. all sold. Those are all sold. 
And I've, you know, I've introduced a few other clients to them too. And you're either, you know, see the vision or you kind of don't, they're not exactly cheap. You know, they're over, they're between, you know, 25 to 40 grand a painting for those but I think the the detail, the water, it is unbelievable. Beautiful. Nah, they, yeah. uh, he, he does great stuff. Well, That's I have a question. Go ahead. And the Elite is a different project he's doing, and they're yeah. signed. And it's an incredible image of the player. And it's they blow me away, too. And they're signed by the player. And you can only imagine when the player passes, not that we want that to happen. You've got this signed original artwork by Farentino. He's really you know, well-known Eric- in this industry. Derek, uh, in, uh, you have said on, you've been on the show before that, uh, and we'd like to give information to the collectors listening out there. Do you still feel, I know you mentioned this, do you still feel that the collectors, especially the relatively new ones, should go out there and collect what they like, what they love, let's say, or should they start looking at, at a few different angles? So... You know, when I, I think it, the, the whole key to a hobby is something you like to do, right? You you have to enjoy it. So I think the first thing you do is figure out what you what you like. So for me, it was buying packs of 1979 football, 1980 baseball and building sets until I was introduced to a card store. Then the rest is history. But so now the younger kids, whatever sport they like buying the you know the modern cards that come out i think that's very important and enjoying it and doing the pack breaks and having fun with it and i know there's clubs in school now and there's stores have popped back up everywhere and i'm hoping we and you can get packs now and with fanatics you might be able to get packs everywhere when that when they have their print put on you know fingerprint put on this um and i do think it's important now as far as as you start to get more it's it's kind of like i'm gonna answer it in two parts yeah. When you only are on a limited budget, you can really only do one thing. As you start to make more money and you grow up and you get a job, then you don't go to me, you don't go all in on modern. You you go back and buy some vintage, buy some, you know, Mix you can buy memorabilia. <clears throat> right. I bought memorabilia, cards, vintage, modern. I've stopped buying modern for the most part. It just kind of got past me where it was really a good buy and then it just quadrupled. 10x itself in value now it's starting to come back to earth right but there's still a lot of people that have seen great teams in in my michael jordan rookies magic johnson larry bird rookies um but i think you know i think you do your due diligence um and you diversify i think that's always good because i think very few people do i hear say i only like the national treasures um issue and that's it I mean, there's not an auction I can't bid in. I go back and buy, if it's not vintage cards, it's autographed cards, bats, jerseys, baseballs. They're taking my money somehow. I couldn't go, even if it was a live auction, I'm going to find something there as a collector. There's too much stuff in this hobby. Yeah, Derek, we we have about a minute and a half left. Uh, Your website address? Uh, www.ha.com and just go to sports. Hey, listen, uh, you know what you mean to the show. Uh, uh, I hate to admit it, but we do we'll have get a, me on more often. Well, we, my, ha- we get a lot of emails. We get a lot of people. People are protest. <laughs> you, know, you, know who gets the, you know who gets the most votes to, to come on? You. And you know who's behind you? Thomas Sulo. Uh, you and Thomas Sulo. You know what? Sulo. So you have two politically incorrect people. <laughs> you know, and I don't even want to say No, you get four. With Rico and very, I, you get four. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're not really politically incorrect. We're just candid. Exactly. I think that's, I answer. I answer all your questions. I'm not afraid to answer an honest, you know, I think that's what I think that's what people yeah. like. And Thomas Sulo, man, isn't is that guy passionate about the hobby or what have you ever oh seen? Oh, my God. He's hobby? unbelievable. He calls me once a week, once a week. I about talked to him yesterday. He is unbelievable. unbelievable. Derek, what's that going to go for in your auction? I said, exactly. Jesus, we just closed <laughs> an auction. There's 26 days left in the auction. How the hell am I supposed to know <laughs> what this is going to go for in, in, in a month? And right. he's, he is so dialed in. It's, he's, he's, he's fun great. To talk to. Mm. All right. We got to wrap it up. A special thanks to hey, Derek, thanks. and Derek as always. Thanks, Rico. Good Rico, job. Hey, have great a great week. You. Rico, some great you questions. Too. It's good to see you researching. Researching. Okay. That, Just that, Rico's said, researching Tom's tanning. Exactly. So this is what we got. Yeah. I got to check yeah, him out.
All right. With that being said, Chrissy and David, <laughs> thank you so much. You guys do a great job. And to our yes. viewers and listeners, we love you. Thanks for the yes. support. YouTube, Facebook, any platform, we're on it. With that being said, happy collecting. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.